welcome to another edition of the Learning Journey podcast. Wayne Heinsen is my name. I am your host once again as we head off to Africa. And we're going to chat with a lady whose first name is Alonka, but I've tried to pronounce her last name and I just can't do it. So she's going to do it for us. But first of all, Alonka, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Wayne. Nice to see you on Zoom and uh, be able to chat with you this morning. Yeah, it's great. It's very good to have you here. Now, I mentioned your last name. So we were, before we started recording, I said, can you tell me your last name? You told me and I just went, there's no way that I'm going to actually get the pronunciation correctly. So can you give us first name and last name? I feel kind of, you know, we just sort of do the official introduction. We need to do the official. Yeah, I know. Uh, many people have tried. Many people have also failed, but it's fine. Ilonka Barense, actually, that's my surname. So Barense is uh, a very Dutch. So you're in East Africa with MAF. Um, so tell us about that journey, because you've actually been with MAF for a long, long time, for many, many years. And let's start with where you're at now, and then we might rewind on your journey. So where we're at now is we're in Uganda. Uh, we actually live in Kadyansi, which is the village where our airfield in Uganda is based. Uh, my husband and I live here. Uh, my husband is the director of maintenance, maintenance control. So he leads the team, uh, a tech ops team here. And I am area HR manager. So I oversee HR in South Sudan, Tanzania, Kenya and Uganda. This is year 27 for us in MAF. Wow, 27. Now, you would have seen a lot of changes across 27 years. Yes, and we have also seen many people come and go, and teams grow bigger, teams grow smaller, a lot of uh, goodbyes, a lot of hellos as well. So, yeah, lots of uh, lots of changes in, in leadership, in leadership style, but change is good, right? So let's talk about the coming and going because any mission organization has staff that come and go just by the nature of the roles that they're in it's generally you know a fixed term and those terms might increase to 27 years like it has you know for your husband and yourself but not everybody is there for that length of time what have you learned across the journey with the coming and the going of different staff you know that come to a program that you're in like what have you learned maybe about yourself but also about how to relate to people knowing that they very well won't be there for an extended period of time. Because I think it's one of the challenges when it comes to mission is that people only have generally a, a short period of time and they want to maximize that time and they want to you know, be as effective as they can be and make the greatest impact. But it can be hard on people that are there for a longer period. Yeah, it can be. I think, again, I've gone through waves with this, which also change in uh, how math works, but also it's the saying goodbye that has sometimes been very hard and heartbreaking. Sometimes it has been easier. I think with my role changing from being supporting my husband, being with my children mostly and doing voluntary work and in, growing into a, a full-time role in math, that has also changed. I think um, I'm more looking at it now from me being the the long-term person and I do see people come and go. It's a fact of life. I think especially when our children were younger and they grew up with friends that they hung out with and played with and went to school with and then see whole families go with their children and our children having to say goodbye. And for me, some of my really, really dear girlfriends here as well. That is sometimes heartbreaking. But again, it's also life 
in a mission community in a third culture uh, so yeah and uh, i think i've become more realistic i've cried many tears about people leaving for sure but i also am very excited still every time when new people come and we start working with different people and uh, see them develop and grow and learn new things from being in a different culture and giving with the gifts and the tools and the tasks and the roles that they have been given so it's both it's sometimes sad but often also really exciting so alonka from your experience what is that growth and development what does it look like say someone comes to uganda you know for the first time and it's all very new to them. And then that kind of the honeymoon period, you know, that stops, you know, because reality sort of sets in. This is what life is like. How do you sort of help them in terms of like growth and development? And that could be formally, but it also could be informally, you know, just those encouraging conversations or coming alongside them. Hey, if you need a shoulder to cry on or an ear, you know, whatever it might be. That's something I um, actually really enjoy doing. And, and not just for our international staff coming in, but also for our national staff, like being kind of a an in-between because we've lived here for a very long time and I'm not by far saying that I know everything of how it is to live here because I am still also hey, an expat. I'm a white face in the village where we live and uh, I will always be that. But um, yeah, just all those cultural differences being indeed exactly what you're saying, Wayne, just being somebody to hopefully I am somebody who can who makes time, who can listen, who can help people to just vent but also to to bring a positive turn into the fact that they are in a very special place where people are very different, but where you can learn from the so much from the people, from just living in a different culture, hanging out with colleagues here, Ugandan friends, Ugandan uh, people uh, around us is you just learn. We're all learning so so much from from just being in a different culture. So I'm always trying to be encouraging, and I can completely understand that sometimes it's really hard. Because the cultures we often come from eh, in the West are very different. We need to manage that and we need to um, learn from both. From both. That's why we, why I love being in an international organization, because I really believe that we can learn from both. Yeah. Let's talk about culture. You work across four different countries in East Africa, South Sudan, Tanzania, Kenya and Uganda, I think you said. So I'm guessing that there's a bit of crossover, but there's also major differences when it comes to culture in those different countries. So can you kind of speak to how you navigate those staff in those different countries in your role? Because it's not a one size fits all, is it? It's not like you put one hat on and it just covers everything. No, it's like the international staff. No, they're all different. Um, we we Kaiser and I worked in uh, started in Tanzania. So Tanzania, uh, I would say for us was our home for a very long time because we were there volunteers from ninety two to ninety four. Then we came back as staff uh, in Tanzania ninety seven. So Tanzania is was a home for a very long time. We actually learned to speak Swahili. Then we moved to Uganda. It took it took us a while to get used to the differences. Mostly, I think, because of the language. We were both very fluent in Swahili, and that just was very that fitted with us and was very comfortable. There are definitely uh, things that are kind of similar. East Africa is eh, East Africa, but it depends very much on what background the people come from. And again, that is the same in international cultures, even though Switzerland or France or the UK is kind of close to the Netherlands and Netherlands is a very, very tiny country. 
there are differences. So that's how it is here as well. Now, for for the four countries I work in, uh, as you will know, South Sudan, of course, has been mostly affected by a war. And they're still really struggling, as you know. And there's still a lot of things there that are so sad and heartbreaking happening. And because of that, a lot of our team, they are affected by a lot of trauma. They are, because all of them have their story, all of them have family members who've been killed through the war or have had to fled through other countries. Several of the guys we were, the men we work with, uh, have had to uh, run for their lives. Um, So that is very different then compared to countries like uh, Uganda. We've had a war, of course, in the 80s, but that is a bit different. And Kenya, Tanzania, it's been peaceful for a long time. So even though they're always Africa, there are definitely differences. Uh, but I like that. I think it's also, again, a challenge. And it's great to be working with each of the teams and embrace the differences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to actually have one of the uh, the ops team from South Sudan on a, a forthcoming episode here of The Learning Journey. And we'll get some insight into uh, Wek Chol. Uh, is going to join us, yeah. So looking forward, to, uh, looking forward to that. So you're also involved in learning and development. You're involved in training. I wonder what that looks like in an East African context. Can you give us some insight into uh, what it looks like on the ground for you? Um, it, it is actually something I really enjoy doing. It gives me energy, and I love doing that with uh, with the different teams. Of course, we've got Elevate, and that's the, uh, we have a rollout, and we are encouraging everybody to use this as much as possible. But in this context, learning face-to-face is actually makes much more sense than putting people in front of a computer. We ha- we still have quite a lot of staff in this region, and again, not just here, also in other programs, who struggle with uh, basics on the computer and uh, and they're learning and and they're really willing to learn but face to face is how we in this region learn best so for me to use elevate or good practice or other courses that avail that are available and just being there in person makes a lot more sense because you can then have a conversation see the body language, see if it makes sense to people. So things like customer care, but even the one we did a while back uh, had the cyber cyber security one, safeguarding, good conduct, all those things. It's great to have have the tool Elevate available, but um, I really believe that in the context here and the different teams, it still works better to have somebody explaining, asking if it's understood, having a discussion about what is being mentioned. Because again, there are cultural differences as well in all those subjects. And it's good to listen and to learn from each other through that training. So yeah, I, I really like doing that in the in the different teams as much as possible. Yeah. And that's one of the important things, isn't it? To make sure that the learning is in the right context for the right location and the right learner. Otherwise, it's going to be ineffective. Exactly. And then they'll forget. And and, I mean, you know, the curve, the curve of how much we remember after there's big differences between uh, learning just by reading or by doing it in practice. Yeah. So one of our goals in L&D is to have math um, have a culture of learning. So learning is, you know, a central thing in terms of what we do as an organization. So from your experience in the East Africa programs, particularly, have they grown up valuing learning? 
No, I think there is, of course, always the operational pressure. And that's also why we're here. We want to fly. We want to serve the people with the planes. So we have busy, we, we're busy. We're busy in South Sudan. Uh, we're busy here in Kenya, in in, uh, in Tanzania. Um, so that's a priority. And sometimes in the past also, uh, that has overtaken uh, even setting up training sessions and even making time for people to take time for learning. But I think that culture has changed and is there is much more of a learning culture and people like people enjoy it. Yeah, not everybody. It's And it's also not for everybody. So we do what we can, but I can definitely see with very many of the teams that we are working in, there's a there's much more a culture of and, and a keenness to learn more and uh, the feedback we're getting after training courses and after people have done any of the training is definitely positive yes so alonka from what you've seen can you speak to someone who maybe says oh look yeah i want to do that learning but you don't understand how busy my week is already i just don't have any time you know to put learning into what is already a jam-packed schedule so can you kind of speak to that person in terms of the importance of continual learning again we are all different so we learn in different ways i am so passionate about learning new things and using the tool that tools that we've been given and putting them into practice so we just really like to encourage people. And maybe if it's hard by yourself, make a little group, do it together. I think sometimes it definitely in the teams that we work in that could work better. So sit together and there is, you can make time in our busy schedules. There are times um, maybe after lunch or when all the planes are back in or in the morning, once they've departed and you're waiting for the planes to return there are times that we can create a learning environment and do some of that. Yeah, I, I really believe that. Yeah. I don't want to underestimate ever how busy people can be. I don't want to say that's not what I'm saying, really, because I can see and and like accounts, you know, finances, uh, IT. It never stops. It doesn't. It's a continuous and you know it. We can always be busy with work, but we can also create space. I like our Outlook calendar very much. And I do believe that we can use the calendar to put, even if it's two times half an hour or something like that in our calendar to create some learning time. Yes. I think it's important to actually be deliberate in terms of putting that time into your calendar. Now, Alonka, you just mentioned your passion for learning. Where does that come from? I'm a nurse by profession. So I think in me being on the floor and as a nurse, there is always a continued, it's like a CPD, it's a continued professional development, right? You cannot be a nurse and then stay doing what you're doing now compared to what you did 10 years ago that is changing. I believe it's exactly like that in MAF, in the work we do, things change. And with that, we need to develop. I've always just really enjoyed doing that. Even before I was a trained trainer in math, I did uh, courses in pastoral care and cognitive behavioral therapy, just getting certificates. I don't even know where it comes from. I just like to keep my brain busy, I guess. It's just a personal thing as well. But I believe that in every organization we work in, in every job we're doing, we do also need to keep growing and developing. And it's more fulfilling, I think. Keep your brain busy. That's a good uh, name for a podcast. We should use that at some point. Right? <laughs> we could make a TED talk, a TED talk out of that, uh, Wayne. Yeah, that's it. How to keep your brain busy. 
I can see it coming to TED Talk soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Hey, you mentioned you were a nurse in the Netherlands um, many, many years ago. Now you're in East Africa and you're in HR. Do you ever kind of like look back and think, what were those years of nursing all about? Because, well, I'm not doing nursing now, you know, like, do you ever sort of reflect upon, and it's maybe not just the nursing, but things that you've training or learning that you've done previously, and you're not using it now. And you kind of think, well, why did I do that, you know, to get where I'm at to today? Yeah, I am. I have. And um, I think uh, the first couple of years, especially after when the, the children were a, a bit bigger and, and me living here, well, in Tanzania at that time, I really was very determined to find a role that would be in nursing or helping somewhere. But because of the Tanzanian nurses in Tanzania, Ugandan nurses in Uganda, it was just never possible for me to, to get a work permit, actually. So it was a very practical thing to start with. And I could understand that as well, because, of course, we want to have the people who train for it in the country have the roles, right? Uh, so I did never want to at, at any point take uh, a job from uh, from anybody. But I also then started working more in helping out more in the office and helping with files, looking at contracts, at job profiles. I was just interested in it and also looking for something, I think, okay, what when the children get bigger and we're going to continue being in math, what could be the next thing? And yeah, and I've, I'm still using my nursing training a lot. I'm still always the one doing the basic first aid training. I'm trying to keep up to date. I'm trying to advise families when children are sick. But I'm also really thankful for the opportunity that MAF has given me to do a retraining and to become HR practitioner. And I also really believe that there's a time for everything. So for me, when I was a nurse, that was the time for me when I was a nurse. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now. And I believe that also God has placed me in this role for now. So that's how it is. Well, on behalf of MAF, Alonka, we're very thankful that you are where you are and you're serving where you're serving and really impacting the East African region. Just as we finish our chat, because sadly our time has gone already, one last thought from you. What encouragement might you give to someone? Either they're, they're really struggling with the concept of learning and development, can't really see the, the value in it amongst everything else, or they're not really sure what's the next step to take. They've got some passion, like you've mentioned during our chat today, but they really don't know, you know, how do I embrace that? What do I do? What's next? Again, in phases of the lives we're in and also the phase of life we're in, that can be a hard one because sometimes we just have to keep going. Not everything in the in our lives is always fun and we're completely excited about and we're passionate. No, it's not. Sometimes we just need to go to work and open a laptop or open a toolbox and do the work that God's been given us. I think life is better with learning more about what you're doing or maybe something you're not doing yet. Uh, I would say start browsing, start just looking online if you have a minute. I love good practice. I love that, that website mostly because it has very, I don't like saying soft skills, hard skills, but soft skills, if you want to personally develop yourself in certain skills look at good practice there's so much stuff there if you want to develop more in having good tools for your job look at elevate 
and just see if if anything makes sense or ask advice from somebody who's maybe been doing it for longer. We've got really good line managers in the different teams that we work in. Ask them for some advice. And maybe there's just some moments that it will just click and, oh, yes, I can learn more from this. Or maybe I should sign up for this. Uh, I think performance development uh, reviews are always a good time to also think about that. What are you good at? What do you maybe need to develop in more? And in, in our different teams, we can help with maybe looking for a course looking for some further training, looking for something that can help you develop. So, yeah, just a few thoughts. Well, Alonka, it has been great to chat with you. You've been one of these people that uh, the L&D team have spoken to me about, and they've said, you've got to get Alonka on the podcast. So I was like, all right, I'll have to do that. But you've been on home assignment and all that sort of thing. So I'm so glad that we actually got a chance to chat today, got to talk a bit about your journey and the importance of learning. And I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the Learning Journey podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Wayne. And it's always nice to talk. So um, thank you so much. It was such a joy today to take you on a learning journey to East Africa and chat with Alonka Baronsay. And apologies to Alonka for that pronunciation. But she was our guest on this episode of The Learning Journey. And I love Alonka's passion for learning and hopefully hearing her journey has been an inspiration to increase your learning. And one of the ways that you can do that is by looking at some of the curated playlists available for you at Good Practice. One of the resources Alonka mentioned that she loves. Topics like developing people and improving performance and giving good feedback are just some of what's available on good practice. Now, next week on the podcast, our guest is Andrew Jenkins as we chat about training, teaching, and Andrew provides a performance review on my first time in an MAF flight simulator. Looking forward to your company then. 